Hello, my name is Tina Camellia, and this is The Starting Block, a weekly conversation on science and society with an emphasis on disinformation, data, and democracy. Before we start, I'd like to let you know that the transcript and credits for this conversation are available on the sidelines to supplement to every main edition of The Starting Block. Now, in the next lane, returning for the second week, Emmanuel Lallere, a tech and lifestyle-focused content creator in part one, we focused on the lifestyle side. Now, here he is again on being a socially conscious creator. I want to talk about your experience as a as a tech reviewer or someone who plays a lot with, with tech products. There's, a, I think, a very genuine sense of curiosity in the way that you, I mean, from the videos that I watch um, on your channel, the way that you um, introduce these products and the way that you explore it. As someone who is reviewing products and new products, especially now in the age where uh, there's always new tech products that's coming out so frequently, so fast, right? What makes a good tech product review? How do you decide what to review and what's not worth the time? It's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. I I think that's one of the main things, right? And the democratization of content creation now, right? Where everybody has an access to, you know, a, a mobile device that has like, you know, a good enough camera to shoot content and you know it's it's very cheap right and so i guess it, it really does like become not just about you know picking or oh, this is what i want to talk about or that's what i want to talk about but i guess it becomes a step higher at least for myself in the sense that i create videos that i want to see making a video for myself and i, I guess in many ways like that's why my standards for myself are so high because like if i watch a video there are certain things i'm looking for right so um, to give a quick, you know, throwback, right? So 2014, before I bought my laptop, I've been, you know, I'm someone who I'm like, I have a very, very like obsessive personality, right? Like if you can't tell from running every day or fasting every day or doing, like I, I'm, I, I have, I get addicted to stuff, right? So I've just tried to redirect that addiction to like positive stuff, but like addiction nonetheless, right? So like when it comes to like consuming content as well, right? Like when I was like looking into buying the laptop I wanted to buy, which was an MSI you know, gaming laptop or whatever, I can claim to say that at that time, I had watched every single video that had been made about that laptop. My, my model that I eventually ended up buying, there were no videos available for it. So when I got it, and Malaysia was like one of the first few markets where the laptop came out, right? Like early, like top two countries in the world where that laptop came out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a video for this stuff that I want to see. Because when I've watched like all these hundreds of videos, I wanted to ask like, hey, how, how about this? Hey, how about that? So in many ways, like when I make videos for the general public, actually they are the secondary people to benefit from the video. The, the primary person is myself. Like, you know, for example, I'm not a audiophile. And I tell you like, yeah, you know, the mids and the lows are, yeah, you know, it's nonsense, right? So in many ways, I lean into like the stuff that I know or the stuff that means something to me and the stuff that I know that I don't know or I don't really care about that much. I just don't touch on it because I realized that, again, due to the fact that content is so readily available, there's no point in trying to be like everybody else and there's no point in trying to have the same cookie cutter approach, right? In the sense that, hey, okay, this is the specs or this is it. It's like, yeah, but you can watch that from like a million people, right? So if, if you're coming to watch my video, I believe you're coming because of me, right? Like, because you care about that, I care about something like that, right? So I try to make that shine, you know? And again, it's easy to get caught up sometimes, especially when you're creating content where it follows the same format. For example, I think um, two years ago, I made like a video 
So I'm, I'm a very sarcastic person and perhaps it's due to like, you know, the context of where I come from, because like the language I speak, which is Yoruba, which is, you know, from Nigeria, is a very sarcastic language. Like the Abudin concept in Malaysia, which is like if something that's very obvious, but like doubts to like a million, right? Like literally like that's how my entire language is built, right? So like now I interact with my friends like that. So I, I decided to make a video that link into that, right? Where uh, Asus had given me like this, their super ultra premium gaming phone and the entire video was sarcasm, right? The, the entire video, like you know, eight minutes of just pure sarcasm of why you should not buy this phone, even though like it was like such a great phone and like obviously it was the opposite, right? And like, I think even Asus Malaysia did not get it. They were like, so like mad at me, like, hey, why would you say stuff like that? And I was like, you know, but for me, I'm happy, right? Even though like it didn't land well, like, you know, it, it's like an especially Asian audience did not really get it. I got so many dislikes more than likes, but for me, I was like, you know, the people that get it, get it, right? And for me, I get it. So I'm cool with that, right? Again, not many creators will have that uh, opportunity to do that because it gets to sponsorships and you can say this, you cannot say this. And that's why for me personally, there are many sponsorships and uh, paid opportunities I've turned down because it will have meant that I would have to say stuff that I did not necessarily believe in, or I would have to like be like a shield, right? Like, hey, this is a great thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like this at all, right? Or it's like, you know, where my opinion is not what the viewer is seeing, where, you know, sometimes I've had clients or potential clients tell me that, hey, okay, this is the script, this is what you can say, this is what you cannot say. And I just don't do jobs like that because I, I believe that, number one, it's unethical, right? Like, mm. uh, and number two, it's like, there has to be a disclosure, right? Like, if there is anything, you know, you have to say it out that, hey, you know, this is it. And in many ways, I think my content and the, the kind of way I create my content is a reflection of, like, my personality and just what I believe in. Yeah. And and speaking of ethics, of course, um, nowadays, especially with emerging technologies, you know, we're seeing more and more how it amplifies um, discrimination, racism, sexism and all of that. Um, but tech in itself, whether um, in the professional level or in the in the enthusiast space, the spaces of people like you, um, there, there's a lot more um, socially conscious use of technology or socially conscious um, discussion around technology. And I mean, I, I've seen that with you in a non-direct way as well. I think, I mean, we're hearing more calls about things like diversity in the developer's room, diversity in the upper management of tech companies. Do you see that kind of diversity in, in, in the creator spaces, those uh, creators who are working with um, tech products as well? For sure, for sure. I think um, in 2021, definitely more than, you know, let's say two years ago or three years ago, right? So uh, I would say if there's one thing that technology provides, it acts as a leveler, right? I listened to this podcast, which is the the Brilliant Idiots, which is like a very, like, you know, uh, Charlemagne de God and uh, Andrew Schultz, like the comedians in the, in the US. And I, there's one thing that they keep harping on, right? Which is that technology in many ways has removed gatekeeping. So, like, I remember when I was growing up as an artist, like, if you wanted to release a song, you had to have a record label, right? You, like, you had to, you know, 
have connections with the radio station, right? Like if you did not have any of those, your hits was not going anywhere. And even if you didn't know a DJ, I gave them your CD, you managed to give, they'll just dump it in a bin somewhere if you're not, you know, you don't grace their palm or they don't know you from somewhere. So it was very hard, right? Because there were lots of gates for you to, you know, uh, uh, try to beg for them to open up to you, right? And one thing that is great about like technology, and even when I came to Malaysia, like, you know, in 2013 and 2014, when I started my channel, or even when I started my blog, like I told you, I grew up in a village and it's so funny how like, you know, something I started in the middle of nowhere, and I'll get people from the city travel like four hours to come meet me because they wanted something that only I could provide to them. And it used to blow my mind, right? And I think I learned, I think I was like, you know, 17, 18 back then. And it blew my mind as to like how the most important thing for me to acquire is not money, it's not studies, it's not school, it's nothing. It's just value, right? Because it taught me that if I acquired value, then it doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what I've done. It, like if if people want it, they want it, right? And they will go any lengths to get it, right? And in many ways, I think that's what we've seen with technology, right? Technology has uh, leveled the playing field and it has given so many um, demographic in you know, the whole world over, the ability to create, the ability to share, the ability to find a home, the ability to find you know, people that are like them, the ability to find support, you know, the ability to topple governments, right? The ability to even build governments, right? So, it's, it's, it's basically uh, very uh, agnostic, right? It, it's not good, it's not bad, but it's just whatever it is you're able to make of it. And unlike before where, you know, like the radio analogy I used where, you know, you have to know someone. Now I don't have to know anybody, right? I can just get like a, con like a manufacturer from China message me and tell me that, hey, I have something I want you to check out or a brand from Germany say, hey, you know, we are sending you some stuff, what's your address? And it's easy for that to happen in 2021 as opposed to back then where you know, it's like, who knows you're in like some village in Yanolubo, if for local government in Nigeria, it's like, who, who knows who you are, right? So I would say technology very much has been an amplifier. And of course, for every positive, there's a negative, right? So which means that, you know, it has also amplified the people who perhaps want more gates, right? It also amplifies the people perhaps who are pushing back against all this newfound, you know, freedom or all this newfound association and pushing back at it hard, like, hey, it's not, should not be like that. Things are not supposed to be like this. Things are supposed to follow this. And, you know, I guess it's, it's just the nature of how these things will be. Uh, but when it comes to technology in its own right, uh, isolated from, you know, the morality of it all, I think it's a great leveler and it's a great, you know, opportunity for many people to actually reach, you know, an untold, unforeseen, in a, you know, greater part of human history kind of a demographic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, do, do you play any games? Are you a gamer? Yeah, <laughs> you do? I do, I do. But I mean... Uh, my games are not the typical games. I I, I play like uh, truck simulators. So ah. <laughs> all right. Because um, I was just wondering. I'm um, speaking of you know ethics and morality online or with technology and all of that. Um, you know, every now and again, when there's a new game that gets released or like a reboot of it, and there's something that's a little bit more socially conscious that's uh, injected in this newer version of it, you know, they, they sometimes suffer from review bombing. And I suppose, I don't, I don't know whether tech products also sometimes suffer the same thing where people just, um, they, they don't even play the game or have had a look at the product. They're just bombarded with negative reviews because people are just upset by this newer version of whatever it is being a little bit more 
um, socially conscious, I guess. <laughs> and, and I see that, you know, as, as someone who studies um, misinformation or the spread of, you know, fake fake news or fake information, I see that as a form of uh, misinformation as well. I wonder whether you have any thoughts on that. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to tech, it's it's quite interesting in a in a in a sense that while yes there is this amplification of like you know so many reviewers so many people who go for all these reviews and all this, I would say when it comes to tech though it is still a very tiny percentage of the population. So which means that the majority of the people that you and I know, maybe even you included, like we don't really care that much about, you know, gigahertz is more than some megahertz. It's like, it, does it work fine? Is it, is it, does it fit the aesthetic that I want? So on many levels, right? So when it comes to like tech products, especially, like while there's a vocal minority online, they're just that, a minority, which means that the majority of people who actually go into stores or who actually, you know, want to purchase devices, don't really, you know, go and obsess about, oh, no, it does not have this tiny thing. Oh, no, this is excluded. Oh, no, they didn't do that. Oh, no, they didn't do that. Like, they don't care. They just, you know, majority of the population, like the consumer population that would actually go purchase it are not reading, uh, you know, 1,500, 3,000 word medium post about, you know, the morality of the thing or not, right? They're just going out there and asking, hey, uh, sorry, is this, uh, is this good for this? Or is it good for that? Okay, is it? Can I pay with? How can I pay? Okay, okay, done. You know, it's so that's the that's the thing, right? It's like, it's, it's still a very like tiny minority, especially when it comes to you know social um, you know uh, angles or context, or when it comes to you know equality, or when it comes to all of this, it's still a very very tiny percentage. Even gaming, right? When it comes to let's say gaming, let's say about you know uh, what uh, are the practices? Let's say you know there's a high churn. Uh, work culture when it comes to game development, which is not very ethical, you know, especially seen by Cyberpunk 2077, how the game flopped because executives just don't care about, you know, their workers and how they overworked so many people. And, you know, we keep hearing of this, we keep hearing of this, but the average person who plays a the game, they don't care. They're just like, okay, is it a good game? Do, do I like it? You know, so, and that's why such things continue to propagate. So to quote my housemate, who is a very profound person on, on occasion, so I don't want to you know, hype him up too much, else his head is going to blow up, right? So one thing he, he says that I really pick up is that everybody has a place, right? And I guess in many ways, it's like, you know, we need people who are vocal about it online. We need people who are very militant about issues like that, because some of those issues are not issues that are very comfortable to have. And, you know, some of those issues are not issues that you would have over tea and crumpets, you know, like you don't have it over tea and crumpets, spoiler alert, you know, you have it over you know, a long protracted, you know, back and forth, right? You need people who are, you know, middle grounders, people who can, you know, okay, okay, everybody calm down, everybody calm down, okay, let's, you know, let's, we sort of lost it a bit, okay, let's all calm down here. And we need people who are able to, you know, talk to, you know, people on the other side and, you know, relate to them and, you know, try to, you know, so we need sort of everybody, right? And I would say when it comes to uh, tech or when it comes to gaming as well, I think it's a very slow thing and we keep forgetting that, you know, the internet has not existed for very long. I mean, compared to like, you know, 100,000 years of homo sapiens, right? It's like, it's, it's very tiny percentage. So there's still a long way to go, but I believe like, you know, slowly but surely with, again, we are starting to have 
we're having this conversation, right? Which means that it's it's a it's a step. Maybe it's not the fastest step, and it could be faster, but it's a step nonetheless compared to where to our parents, for example, where you don't even see any of this, you know. So I, I very much believe that uh, it's still a vo- like tiny minority right now. But I think it's that minority side going back to like biology, right? Diffusion, right? It goes from a region of higher concentration to a region of lower concentration. So perhaps right now, the diffusion is from online to offline, right? Where online is still quite concentrated. It's like those mixed drinks we get, right? Where, you know, the, the sun quick or whatever, where it's like, you know, very, very, very condensed, right? Then you, you know, diffuse that diluted, right? So I would say, you know, internet is where you know it's very 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 strong and then offline is sort of where it's still you know very faint and okay we hear noises from it here and there but you know it's not that strong but i think with time and you know with more people getting into this consciousness i think you know it will definitely diffuse into the greater population as well i mean it has to there's no other way right Absolutely. Um, so I suppose uh, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with um, your final thoughts on social media etiquette, on improving online or, or digital literacy. What what would your advice be? On etiquette, I think, man, yeah, I've tried as much as possible to keep it PG-13 up until this stage. So I, I get one pass. I think it's going to be a shit show for a while, right? In a sense of where in the context of just how easy it is to fire off our thoughts, right? Especially into the you know, realm of social media or all of these platforms. Um, I would say in many ways, it's not that representative of who we are as people because you know, in person, let's say you're standing in front of you know, a group of people who are marginalized and it's just you. And then you're like, death to this, death to that. Like, you know, you think twice, right? Before you did something like that, right? In person, which is why we tend to see all this, you know, keyboard warriors and people who are like very loud on vocal online and in person, they're like, "Eh," right? (laughs) So when it comes to etiquette and when it comes to the use of social media online, um, we are at that point where everybody sort of have discovered that they have a voice Mm -hmm. and boy, would you hear that voice because they will let it know that they have a voice, right? So I think we're at that stage now in, 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 in this point of in time. And it's nothing is gonna change until, you know, again, like a crying baby who is, you know, trying to, you know, throw a tantrum. Eventually we're, you know, gonna run out of steam where it's going to, you know, again, whether we're gonna grow older, whether you know our conversations are gonna evolve whether you know, it's just going to get to a point where it's just not going to be cool anymore, but something will sort of you know, affect a different variable we enter into the equation to say, and it will become, you know, we'll move past the stage where it's just about, I have a voice, I want to shout, right? Then it becomes, okay, you have a voice, okay, what do you actually have to say, right? So it's not just about shouting, but it's about communicating. Right? So I think at this stage now, we are at the stage where we're still shouting, like especially when it comes to you know, shutting out opinions that are not, um, you know, that does not relate to us. And even for me, like, I'm guilty of that as well, right? Of shutting up when I see something that is so obviously stupid, of course, why would they say something like, why would they not think like me? Like, what? Right? So it's like, we are sort of all caught up in that, right? Where, you know, we, we've developed a community, we've seen the, where we belong, and boy, are we going to belong the heck out of it, right? So I think after a while, because it's not sustainable, right? It's like, we cannot all just keep shouting indefinitely, right? Mm. So, and I think just with any kind of war, 
uh, uh, shouting or you know shooting or shelling does not end the war, right? Eventually, it, it has to come to a round table where you're like, ah, I don't like you, but there's too much that has been lost already. It's it's counterproductive or counterintuitive at this stage. So please, what do you have to say? Say it quickly so I can say what I want to say too, right? And hopefully, there's someone who can like, okay, 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 you have talked. Let the other person talk. I guess we're, we're, we've not gotten to that stage yet where we're able to sort of, you know, have that roundtable discussion because, again, many of the roundtable topics are so hot and so controversial and so person, deeply personal that we do not see a way where we can have a conversation with people who are just so opposed to where we are because mm-hmm. most of the time, them being opposed to where we are is them being opposed to who we are, right? And it's like, how, how do we have a conversation with that? But, again, you cannot shout your opinions until someone listens, right? Opinions just don't work like that at the end of the day, right? It takes a lot of complexity to get people to see stuff from where you're coming from. Um, right now, when it comes to that etiquette, uh, in general, I would say, in, in, in context, um, it will still continue to remain, you know, just how it's everybody's on, you know, volume 100 at the moment. When it comes to personal etiquette, you know, I, I think we are starting slowly but surely starting to get to the stage where you know, what people like or, you know, what people do in their own time is starting to become less and less of, you know, something that is uh, um, detrimental to them, at least in the online sphere. In, in the physical real world sphere, maybe it's still not like that. And of course, it would take a while for it to catch up. But in the online sphere, you know, we're starting to realize that, huh, wow, people are actually complex. Who would have thought, huh? Who would have thought, right? So I think we are sort of on you know, the edge of, you know, getting there where we're starting to believe that, oh, okay, yeah, you know, we can be multifaceted, right? We can, you know, like multiple things. We can sing when we want to for stuff to be like because, of course, we like it. So, you know, it's like we've gone to that stage where you know, it's, it's at least we are starting to get it. I think so. I, I can be wrong, you know, of course, it's the, you know, I'm, I'm but someone who is, uh, I'm but a blind man touching an elephant from a different angle, right? So definitely what I would see would be different from another person, for example, right? So when it comes to general etiquette and just how, you know, um, we are online, you know, as people, um, definitely I would say there's a shift towards more consciousness of, you know, privacy of where people are starting to look at, huh, okay, so for 10 years, I've been giving my data for 10 years. So what happens to it, huh? So wait, why do you use this like this? And maybe not from our part of the world, but you know, even let's say with the Mycetra thing, for example, right? It did not take someone when it came to the registration, right, for the AstraZeneca thing. It does not take a tech savvy person to know that. Wait, why can I not click on this stuff even though like I click on it? Wait, why is it that it said that it's accepted, but then it's not? Hey, but wait, why? You know, so it's like you don't need to be tech savvy to be able to because those are not tech questions. They're just very. Uh, you know, logical questions, right? The questions that, okay, A has happened, okay, B has happened, therefore I come to conclusion C, right? So in many ways, I think, uh, even when it comes to the pandemic response, you know, when we've seen different countries, the way they've been able to handle it, you don't have to be political to be able to realize that, wait, hold on, we see the etiquette or perhaps some lack of it from how, you know, people in power carry themselves, you know, how maybe perhaps before, uh, their flamboyant flaunting of the rules were not as there was no spotlight on it. And right now we are starting to see, wait, hold on a second. Like, I don't have to support the political party to know that that is not right, right? Like, I can go to a mall or I can go out to, you know, downstairs, right? And I can see like three, there used to be three 
a roadside stores there, right? And now there's only one. And even the one, he used to sell clothes before, but now he has to sell like snacks because like that's the only thing he can sell because you know, he can't go shop for clothes anymore. So it's like, wait, this is the impact of the lockdown. It, it, it's, you can see it, right? And in many ways, all of this is still due to, you know, how, you know, people in power or, you know, how people that are above us are, you know, carrying themselves, or in this case, not carrying themselves, right? So I think that's on one end. What's the second question again? Social media literacy. Literacy. Um, it's quite dicey, right? Because when it comes to literacy, like, it's not logical, nor is it simple. Like, like many times, like, perhaps the more literate uh, um, social media people tend to think it's, oh, boy, you should just know it, right? It's straightforward. It's straight, how would you not know this, right? But I can tell you as someone who has interacted with lots of people who know nothing or don't even care to know nothing about social media, about, you know, how you post online, about how you carry yourself online. I can tell you that it's not so simple, right? It's actually quite a very daunting thing and that it's not daunting for you or me or people that we know in our circles. It's actually a testament to the fact that we're in a very vocal minority, right, of people who are actually quite good at it. Like, it's not the standard experience for the everyday person, right? So I think definitely there has to be more empathy in, in, in terms of, you know, the people that are savvy and how they interact with people that are not quite savvy, you know, because again, having a superiority complex definitely does not help it does not endear you to them, right? Like yeah. you know, for as much as we, um, you know, I would love to use the real word, but, you know, crap down on, you know, the Facebook people, right? Like there's a reason why the people on Facebook are on Facebook because they're not people that are on the other platform or the bird app laughing at them that they don't know this and they don't know that. And, oh, you know, it's like, that's not going to help, right? Mm-hmm. Like my mom spreads misinformation about COVID, for example, and she's a medical doctor of 30 years, right? And my mom sent me some stuff and I'm like, okay, so what hat do I wear? Do I wear the, <laughs> or do I wear the, okay, I'm your loving son and I'll try as much, you know, it's, it's quite hard, right? Especially for, you know, stuff that like COVID-19, for example, right? It's like, it's very much, you know, uh, an act of where we have to be more empathetic, at least for people that are more digital literate and for people that are illiterate, I think there has to be more accessible, a more accessible entrance. How that works, I don't know. You know, I am just intellectualizing here. But I think there has to be, you know, better than what is there right now, because what is there right now is definitely very challenging and very daunting. And you know, most people don't even care that much. It's like, yeah, so so what, right? So what? So what? Right. So it's like it's only us that we are frothing at the mouth, like how dare <laughs> you're canceled, and they're like, cancel what? What? Cancel? What is cancel? You know, it's like, it only means a lot to us, but to them, it's like, they don't care, right? So it's like, obviously, that doesn't work in the long run. And so what works, I think, is a whole lot more empathy in realizing that, you know, you cannot, um, you cannot shout that you care for someone over actually caring for that person. Right? You actually have to show them that you care much more than shouting at them that you care. Like, look at me, I care, but that does not come through as much as actually showing that you care, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in many ways, when it comes to uh, literacy and when it comes to actually being able to accommodate people that are not as literate, we have to definitely do a better job at showing that we actually care, not in just words and love and light, right? But in actual, <laughs> you know, actions that, hey, you know, because in person, we realize that there are many ways why someone comes at something. And we realize that there are many factors, but online, 
it's it's quite stripped down right and it's very one-dimensional like this person only exists in the lens of this one thing right and that's it right so i think yeah definitely we need to do a better job of seeing people for the as much as we like to say we are multifaceted and we are complex we have to afford people the same privilege of being multifaceted and being complex as well and not seeing them as just caricatures of whatever it is that they hold outside so empathy and empathetic actions that's the advice from content creator emmanuel olaleri to create better more meaningful social media conversations and interactions that's all we have this week. If you would like to join me for conversations like this, get in touch at tinacamilla.substack.com. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with someone. Till next one, goodbye for now.